0: Here are seven things that many Christians, many Catholics, and many other Christians believe. They believe these things to be true. Number one, if you love and serve God faithfully in your life, the Lord will keep you physically healthy. Number two, if you are a good Christian, God will always say yes to your prayers. Number three, if you are faithful to the Lord, he will make you financially prosperous. Number four, if you give your life completely to Christ, you will not have any serious problems in your life. You'll have some problems, but none of them serious. Number five, if you love God and happen to be married, the Lord will see to it that your spouse always loves you back. Number six, if you put the Lord first in your life, other people will see it. They will recognize that fact and think you are a wonderful person. And finally, number seven, if you follow God's rules in this life, you will always be rewarded in this life. As I said a few moments ago, my brothers and sisters, these are seven beliefs which are held by many Catholics and many other Christians. And that's sad, because each and every one of them happens to be false. I'm sure you realized that as I was reading them to you a few moments ago, right? You all knew they were false. They're not true, of course, because they all involve false promises. Or to be more exact, they're not true because, because each of them expresses a promise that Almighty God has not made. Has never made to any human person. In exchange for our obedience, for our faithfulness, the Lord never promised to keep us physically healthy for our entire life here on earth. Although, to be sure, you will probably avoid a lot of unnecessary medical problems if you are faithful to the Lord. Certain problems that others will have, you will not have. That's true. But keeping you totally physically healthy? No. If you are faithful, God never promised to say yes to all your prayers of petition. He even said no to the saints. Remember Paul had that thorn in the flesh? He says he prayed to God three times, begged God to take it away. God said no. God never promised financial prosperity in exchange for obedience. Although, to be sure, if you live by the gospel ethic, you will certainly avoid some financial difficulties that other people experience, like the kind of difficulties that come from excessive gambling. If you're faithful to God, you'll avoid that stuff. God certainly never said that you won't have any serious problems in your life if you're faithful to him. Quite to the contrary, Jesus said that his disciples would suffer in this world precisely because of their faithfulness to him. God never promised those of you who are married, he never promised that your spouse would always respond to your love with love. Although that's much more likely to happen in a good Christian marriage. God never said that if you put him first in your life, other people will recognize it. They'll see it, and they'll pat you on the back and tell you how wonderful you are. The apostles who died as martyrs disproved that one. Nor did he ever say that if you live by his rules, you will always be rewarded here on earth. Sometimes that will happen, and thank God when it does. But in most cases, the reward will come in eternity, not here. God does not deliver on these seven items, on these promises that he's never made. Now, from a human perspective, a purely human perspective, that's the bad news. Because quite frankly, I wish some of those things were true. I wish that God rewarded faithfulness here and such. But it doesn't happen. On the other hand, God does deliver on the promises that he has actually made to us. And the good news is, very often, what God gives us in fulfilling his promises far exceeds our expectations. Take, for example, the promise he made to Abram in today's first reading, that promise of many descendants. As we heard a few moments ago, God took Abram outside and he said, Abram, look up at the sky. Count the stars if you can, just so will your descendants be. God made that promise to Abram. God also promised to give him a homeland, as we heard a few moments ago, the land of Canaan. He also promised in Genesis 12 to make of Abram a great nation. He even went so far as to promise to make him the father of a host of nations. Not just one nation, but a host of nations in Genesis 17. And that's, by the way, when he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. He said, you will be called Abraham because you will be the father of many nations. And God did deliver on every single one of those promises. We know that from reading the rest of the Bible. But you see, the fulfillment of those promises went far, far beyond anything that Abraham could possibly have imagined at the time. When he first received those promises from the Lord, all those thousands of years ago, What did Abraham think? Well, he probably thought to himself, well, this is really nice. God's going to make me a very important person, and I can deal with that. He's going to give me a big family. He's going to give me a nice place to live. He's going to give me a position of influence in the entire world. Wow, I like that. Abraham had no idea that God, through him, was establishing a spiritual family that would eventually extend over the entire planet and include people not only from his generation, but from every generation to come until the end of the world. He had no idea about that. Remember, we call Abraham today our father in faith. And not only that, God made Abraham the father of a spiritual family That exists unto eternity. He made Abraham the father of a spiritual family that transcends time. The promised land that he gave him, uh, the promised land of Canaan that he gave Abraham all those thousands of years ago, was merely a foreshadowing of the true promised land that he would give to Abraham and his descendants, namely, of course, heaven. And that's the goal of our lives, is it not heaven? It's the goal of our lives as baptized Christian members of Abraham's spiritual family. As St. Paul tells us in today's second reading from Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven. We're only here in wonderful westerly for a time, all of us. This is not our permanent residence, or it's not supposed to be. Our permanent residence is supposed to be heaven. However, if we want to get to heaven, if we want to reach that goal successfully, we need God's help. And so we need to cling to the promises that he has really made to us, not to the false promises that he hasn't made. So what has the Lord promised us? What are his true promises to us if we are faithful? Besides heaven, that's the ultimate prize, and that would be enough. But what else has he promised us along the way? Well, among other things, God has promised to be with us at every moment of our lives. The good ones, and perhaps even more importantly, the bad ones. Because we have a lot of those, all of us. As Jesus said, know that I am with you always, always, until the end of time. God has not promised us a problem-free life. I wish I could tell you he did. He has not. But he has promised us the grace that we need to deal with all of our problems. When St. Paul begs God to take that thorn in the flesh away and God said no, God didn't leave it there. God said to St. Paul, and he says the same thing to us, my grace is sufficient for you to deal with this. For in your weakness, my power reaches perfection. And yes, God did promise us, Jesus did promise us, that we would suffer on this earth. But he also promised us that we could experience victory in our suffering by allowing it to purify us, by allowing it to refine our faith. As Jesus said at the Last Supper, you will suffer in the world. But take courage, I have overcome the world. And he promised us that all of our acts of love, all of our acts of virtue done in the state of grace will be rewarded. If not here, then certainly in eternity. As he said in Matthew 10, I promise you, use those exact words, I promise you, Whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these lowly ones, because he is a disciple, will not lack for his reward. And as St. Paul said, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. The reward God has prepared for those who love him and serve him on this earth. My brothers and sisters, we do not worship a God who reneges on his promises. Nor do we worship a God who makes promises that he cannot and will not keep. Praise God, we worship a God, a Lord, who is loving, who is compassionate, and who is trustworthy. A God who fulfills every single one of the promises that he has actually made to us. O Lord, today we ask you to give us the grace to believe that and the grace to rely on your promises, your real promises, today and every day.